This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at trustmark.com slash mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. I'm Liz Gill in for Kevin Farrell this morning, along with Nancy Lautridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds the Certificate of Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. So Labor Day, Labor Day is next week, and that's always a good excuse for a sale. We're going to discuss some of the things that are good to buy in September of 2020 and things that are better to buy another time. Our experts can also take your personal finance questions. Contact us by email. The address is money at mpbonline.org. Hello, Nancy. What financial news would you like to share with us this morning? Oh, good morning. We had some high-profile splits. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm a little choked up this morning about all those splits. Um, but Apple split its shares as well as Tesla. And a lot of people get excited about a stock split, but they really don't mean anything. Um, you don't end up with more value. You just end up with more shares. I did a little video about this and uh, sent it to you, Liz, so you can post it so um, folks can learn a little bit more about what a stock split is and how it works and how you really shouldn't even think twice about it. Great. And definitely, I try to put as much as I can on the website for our podcasts, for our episodes that are on our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org. Glad you're with us, Ryder. What news has caught your eye this past week? Yeah, so last week we had an interesting development. I mean, you know, I say an interesting development in a year of interesting developments in uh, what the Federal Reserve, their policy on how they approach inflation, um, how that has been changing. So traditionally, the Federal Reserve has uh, kind of had a target of maintaining 2% inflation. And if you know, you kind of think back these past 10 years, we really haven't had uh, great sustained inflation. Um, you know, the 2%, they think of that as kind of a, a low level of inflation. So nobody's, you know, it's not hurting people's pocketbooks too hard, uh, but as well, it, it does incentivize um, spending and economic growth. So what they change is instead of saying, we're just going to target 2% all the time. If we don't hit 2%, we'll aim for 2% next time. If we go over, we'll aim to go lower next time. Uh, they've said that they can kind of ramp it up because we have not had inflation. They're looking for the long term of 2% inflation. So that means, you know, if we haven't had inflation for a long time, they're going to try to let it run hot. Uh, they're going to try to uh, let prices increase a lot more. And um, this was a little uh, this is a little weird in some ways. Um, you know, one one of my thoughts is just, you know, they've had a hard time getting inflation up to 2%, and now they think they can get it over 2%. We'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens. But I think a lot of the tools of pumping money into the economy, of keeping interest rates, these short-term interest rates have stayed very low. They're keeping those very low to kind of try to— uh, juice some inflation there. But as you might expect, um, longer term interest rates kind of rose slightly 
down a lot this year, so even rising a little bit is maybe not as noticeable as it used to be. So uh, is the takeaway for us, if you're thinking about refinancing a house or buying a new house, lock that in? Or what What would be the takeaway for me today? Possibly, yes. Yeah, I, I think the they may allow those higher interest, uh, the longer term interest rates may drift up a little bit. Um, but bear in mind, we are very much at all-time lows in all of those interest rates. So it going up you know, a couple of basis points off of these all-time lows is still very, very low interest rates. Um, but in inflation implications for the consumer, you might expect, you know, house prices and asset prices to rise faster than they have in the past. And I mean, you know, they've, depending on your location, they've gone up a lot. Um, you know, so if you've been putting off a major purchase, uh, perhaps don't put it off that much longer. Um, things like that. I was hearing on an NPR news segment, there was a sports media person that said sports has lost $12 billion during this pandemic. Where was that money spent by consumers instead of at the ballpark or the stadium, do you think? Did folks save it? Did they pay down debt? Um, where did it, did it go somewhere? Nancy? Well, Liz, both of those both of those things are happening. Our savings rate is going up and as people perceive more uncertainty in the future, concern about their jobs, they are saving more and preparing for that. We've also been watching throughout this whole year the pay down of in particular credit card debt that those amounts are falling. And this is what people do when there is uncertainty. And that's a good thing to do to prepare yourself. But of course, that causes the economy to pull in even more because our economy spends mostly, or uh, it depends mostly on consumer spending. I know my son was very excited to pay off his credit card debt. Very good. I think the you know consumers saving money on you know you're not you're not paying for tickets and things in a stadium you're not paying for you know uh, pay-per-view events uh, that's one thing that's one way that consumers have saved but uh, you know a lot of money in sports is through you know advertising endorsements um, you know TV rights things like that and so you know what that means is you know there's if there's less live sports, then there's less money being spent on that advertising uh, that is a huge, huge, huge part of sports. And, and, and so that's, you know, obviously in a, in a time when a lot of people are losing their jobs, those are some of the jobs that have been lost, some of those kind of media-related, uh, creative-related um, advertising uh, sort of things. Well, we're glad to take a couple of phone calls before our break. Let's go to Sue in Beaumont. Sue, thanks so much for calling into Money Talks today. What's your hey, comment or question? I'd, I'd like to ask the experts a question. I've heard and read that Washington politicians want to abolish payroll taxes, and uh, when that's abolished, that, that's what payroll taxes are what pay for. That's what funds Social Security and Social Security Disability and other programs. So. Uh, According to all this, Social Security will be bankrupt by 2021 or 2023 at the latest. Is there any fact to that? Is it just some wild rumor? Well, I certainly think it's been put out there, but I do not believe that would pass Congress. 
Um, I believe at this point, even though Social Security, when it was passed in 1935, and then Medicare in uh, 1964, 65, was controversial, it's very popular now. And yes, those payroll taxes are the ones that support those programs. So even though that notion has been put out there, I really don't expect it to go anywhere. And one, one thing I would add to that is that even though the payroll tax <clears throat> ostensibly does fund Social Security and Medicare, uh, the kind of obligation to pay those benefits out is still there. So it, kind of even if the money runs out of the account, the federal government is, has still promised to make those payments. Um, so it's not, it's not exactly clear to me how that would work functionally. Um, but the obligate, I don't believe it would mean that the checks would simply stop coming. Ryder, what have you heard about President Trump's idea of suspending payroll taxes being, from being collected <laughs> until April, even though they're still going to be due in April? Is this something oh boy. that I need to talk to my withholding people to say, no, no, stop, stop, don't not take out my money now because then you'll just take out a whole bunch in April? Um, so are we still learning about this? There is, there is a lot of confusion around there. And there's a lot of, uh, people aren't really sure because, you know, most of the times when we've had a payroll tax holiday, it's been clear from the get go that, that, that payroll tax would not be owed. Uh, and so how payroll tax works is it's, um, it's to total of about seven ish percent of your paycheck uh, comes out of your paycheck. You see that as your FICA. That's the Social Security and Medi uh, Medicare uh, payments coming out. Um, and then also your employer puts in uh, basically an identical amount, uh, which you kind of never see, but your employer is paying. Um, so, and that makes up a total of around 15% of your uh, of your total paycheck uh, from your employer's perspective. And so, if it is still due, your employer will of course owe their part. And they will also have, they're responsible for paying in your part. So if you, if you, if, if your employer is waiving it, then they better hope they can get that money back from you. Either that or they're setting aside even more um, to pay the federal government, you know, when the bill comes due. Either that or they're just simply betting on it being forgiven. Um, I don't think that is a responsible thing to do. Uh, that sounds like it would be something in a very desperate <laughs> position to uh, simply not not pay those in the hopes that it gets uh, totally waived, uh, totally forgiven. Uh, but the employer is still going to be responsible for paying that um, in April, so it makes most sense for them to continue withholding it, uh, if not even continue paying it in. Um, most employers pay it in on a quarterly basis. All right. Thanks, Sue, for your question. We're going to go to Greenwood, and Bill is on the line. Bill, thanks for calling in to Money Talks today. What's your comment or question? I'd like to ask the money wizard two questions. Uh, first off, you know, uh, the change shortage, uh, the Treasury has got millions of dollars and half of dollars sitting in bags and gold dollars. Why don't they release all of them in the circulation? That would help ease the problem. And also... Uh, I'd like to know uh, when's my stimulus check, and it, could it be our last stimulus check? Though? When, when is it coming? 
All right. Uh, Nancy, how about you take the bags of money? And, uh, Ryder, you talk to us about uh, if and when we're going to get a second or a third stimulus check. Can I can I negotiate on that? I was gonna, I was gonna say. <laughs> okay, I, I well we'll flip it. We'll flip it. Ryder, talk about uh, the coin shortage and uh, hordes of bags of what is it? Scrooge McDuck um, yeah. money uh, the in the shortage, bank. That's a that's a weird one. And 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 so there's a there's a handful of things that kind of play into that. Um, you know, one if people are not getting out and spending lots of cash and paying, you know, dumping coins and taking their coins back to the to the bank and things like that and the coins are not going back into circulation um also of course coins are kind of put in and taken out of circulation all the time and if they're not being put in the 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 mints make uh coins and and you know one issue that's been talked about for a long time is is the price of the metals going into the coins is rising so it's not it's not easy or profitable to do and so I think that may be playing a little bit into coin production. And then uh, the coin, you know, distribution and uh, coin distribution relies, again, a lot on people spending those coins. Um, and then a lot of the kind of holdups, you know, with the with the shutdowns we've had, just slowing down the flow of coins and cash through the economy. Um, it's just it's just a very it's a very interesting problem. And I and I don't really understand it. And I haven't found a good a comprehensive look that really truly explains what is going on. I think it, it's a whole lot of small pieces. Well, let's get uh, to the important part. Are there bags well, of gold and money. quarters and pennies sitting around at the uh, the mints or the banks or the Federal Reserve or Fort Knox? Well, let me throw it out. If you know, if you're looking for change for a dollar, a uh, a dollar coin is not going to be that helpful. Uh, nor is a fifty cent coin going to be that helpful the uh you know the smaller denomination co- uh, coins uh you know uh quarters dimes nickels pennies those are you know just mathematically super useful uh in making change uh so while yes you know treasuries and mints will always have inventory of of money and yes they often keep them in bags um, that the, the keeping bags of, you know, gold coins or half dollars or commemorative coins is not, it's not going to make a big difference. All right, Nancy, uh, your turn. What do you think about the chances of us getting uh, a second stimulus check? Now, have all the paper checks from the first go around, have they all gone out? They are still being eked out. And just this last week, we had someone in our office who just got his payment, his stimulus payment. He's very excited. Now, understand this was a young person who had not been filing taxes. He was a little late getting around to filing his taxes. And all of that stimulus payment from the first CARES Act um, hinged on your pay, excuse me, your tax filing. So those are still going out. Now, a second stimulus payment is on the table, but we have an impasse between the Republicans and the Democrats. The Republicans are saying we're going to keep the next stimulus bill at 1.3 trillion. The Democrats' opening shot is 3 trillion. They have stopped negotiating. Um, the latest word is they will come back to the table in September.
but even if they agree to something in September, it's going to be at least October, November before that goes out. But the one thing they both agree on is an additional $1,200 per person. So stay tuned. Thanks, Bill. We appreciate you calling in. I was excited to get my check for $1.47 or whatever that was the interest on my refund from the Treasury Department. If you have a question for our experts, send an email to money at mpbonline.org. We're going to continue our discussion of We're going to start our discussion of things to buy and not buy in September after the break. Where are some stores? Where are some stores that you should try shopping at for a bargain? I'll tell you next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. David Green. You know, there comes a time when you've just got to let go of that old vehicle. Maybe it has lots of great memories, but it's also maybe just taking up space. And selling it can be such a hassle. So here's one thought. Let this station take that vehicle off your hands. Proceeds from the sale benefit this station, and you could get a tax break. Thanks. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. The information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org, is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app and listen on your phone or uh, on on demand. I'm Liz Gill. I'm with Dr. Nancy Lautridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taff, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Now, some of the COVID casualties are retail stores that are filing for bankruptcy. These might be places to shop uh, to look for bargains if they're still open in your area. Steinmart was added to the list last month, and we'll have a list of some of the stores on our webpage for this show. What are some good things to buy or not buy in September? We've got some suggestions from the website nerdwallet.com. There are four new Apple iPhone models, which should be released in either September or October this year. 
and their advice is if you need the newest tech, you don't have much longer to wait. If you want a discount on an older version, you don't have much longer to wait. Older iPhone models should be half to a fourth the price of the newest models. And after Apple has released the new phone, Best Buy and Target and other retailers have offered their own phone deals in the past. Ryder, uh, as the the youngest of the bunch, what has been your phone purchasing strategy? Uh, yes. So in, in, in Apple and their phone releases is something I've kind of followed uh, for a while. I, and I always go for the older model when the new one comes out. Um, because in very, you know, we're at a point where phone companies and, uh, you know, stores like Best Buy will offer deals on iPhones kind of throughout the year. But once they release a new phone, uh, then there will be a model, you know, the mo- there's one model that's just the old model and they continue producing that. So that one stays, you know, that one stays on shelves. You know, you can usually get a decent deal on it. And there will be a model from two years ago that they usually start slowing or stopping production of um, because just nobody is buying the one from two years ago. I am perfectly happy. My phone is actually, it is an iPhone SE. It's based off of the iPhone 5. That means nothing to me. It's a very (laughs) old phone. I mean, they're coming out with like the the 12 or something. Um, So it's based on a a much, much older phone design. And so when when the last iPhone came out, they stopped producing this model because, again, nobody's buying it. And so I I was able to get a, a very good a very good price on that. Fantastic. We have a call to go to. It's in Ashland. It's Jerry. Jerry, thanks so much for calling into Money Talks. What's your comment or question? Hey, thanks, Miss uh, Miss Gill, for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I, I do have a couple coffee cans full of change. And the problem I have with turning them in is if I take them to, like, to the big blue store and they got a change mm-hmm. counter, they charge me ten percent for putting my money in the machine. If I roll oh, yeah. it up, if I roll it up and I take it to a bank, they don't want it because they actually have to unroll it and count it. And if I just take it in the bucket to a bank, they don't want it either. So there, there's a, there is no easy way to get rid of stuff without taking a haircut. And and I don't want to take a ten percent haircut on, on five gallons of coins or a gallon of coins. I mean, who would? And if they really want these things, why wouldn't they just take the time to count for us? It seems like. A lot of these places, well, I mean, my, one of my favorite cities is uh, consumer support is often provided, or customer support is often provided only by the customer. And, and that's what these banks and the credit unions and these big stores are crying. Well, we want your coins, but we don't want to bear the burden of, of receiving your coins. And also, new perspectives. How do I get a hold of new perspectives? I have money to invest, and I've heard you guys mentioned it and you sound like you're on the up and up and i can't find you anywhere and that's the comments i'll listen to you when i hang up well let me go first and then we'll let uh, nancy do her sales pitch so to speak i'm pulling up the coinstar.com which is the kiosk where you can dump mm-hmm. your change 
and they do charge if you want cash back. I guess they give you a little certificate, and then whatever store you go into, you go take it to the cash register, and they give you some money. But if you choose an e-gift card, Jerry, then they don't charge you the processing card. Um, You may have to check to see. I think I tried to do it before, and sometimes the e-gift cards aren't available because, like, one of them is for AMC movie theaters, and we don't have any of those in our area. But I think you can get an Amazon card. You can get a Chili's card, a Domino's card, which, uh, you know, depending on how much you want, you can get a Lowe's card. Um, They will give you, without a fee, you can get some money, uh, but, you know, it depends on how you want to spend it. Uh, Nancy, how can folks get in touch with New Perspective? Well, before I tell him that, Jerry, I have another option for you with those coins, which is spend them. And it takes a little effort, but if you're rolling coins, then you can just come up with a plan. Okay, I'm going to the grocery store and I'm taking $30 worth of coins. They're going to have to take them from you and handle it there. Um, And I know that's why we end up with a lot of coins, because it's easier for us to pull out those bills and we leave the coins at the bottom of our wallets or in those cans and uh, make a game of seeing how long that bucket of coins can last. And then finally, how to find us. Our website is newper.com, N-E-W-P as in Paul, E-R.com. You'll find all of our information there, email addresses, phone numbers. Give us a call. We'd love to talk to you. Thanks, Nancy. And thanks, Jerry. We appreciate you calling in this morning. We're going to continue our discussion of what to buy and not buy in September in just a bit. Now, Labor Day is next week. What other holiday or observances are this month? I'll tell you next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker. We are a Yucca Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker. Freaked me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside. You can listen by going to mpbonline.org radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. Personal Finance Broadcast. I'm Liz Gill, along with 
Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts, and Ryder also holds a certificate of investment in investment performance from the CFA Institute. September is Library Card Sign-Up Month, College Savings Month, National Coupon Month, and Update Your Resume Month. FabulouslyFrugal.com is one of the websites we're using to compile our What to Buy and Not Buy in September show. Now is the time to plan for next summer. Look for retailers to slash prices on grills and outdoor gear, including patio furniture, to make way for next season's wares. Um, Lawn mowers are also falling to this category. You might even see some deeper discounts later in the fall, but the selection might not be as good. And that's always my trouble. I want it on sale. I know it may go on sale a little bit later, but if I don't buy it now, it may not be there at all. Nancy, what does your patio look like? Does it need any sprucing up? Well, my patio is decked out from last year's sales, and I got some deals last year. And what we discovered, uh, in particular at Lowe's, is that they have department uh, managers who can uh, negotiate. They have some flexibility in pricing. And when they're trying to clear things off the floor, and this may happen in other places, you can talk to them and see if they will give you a better price. The one problem that we're running into this year as we tried to purchase a lawnmower just a little earlier in the season is that we're having trouble with the supply chain. And so a lot of those things that would be coming through are not even on the shelves. A lot of shelves are empty. Um, So it just depends on the product. If they're sitting there and it's, you know, change of season, they're willing to negotiate to cut the prices and get it moved out. But expect it to be a little bit leaner this year. Exactly. Another seasonal item they suggest is bicycles. New models. Who knew that there were new models of uh, bicycles? New models come out in the fall, so older models should be on sale. But, uh, you know, I listen to NPR all day. Uh, With the pandemic, bikes have been a popular purchase, so it may be difficult to find a bike for sale. Just like Nancy was saying, well, you know, not only the parts, but if there are bikes, People may have already bought them all. Yeah, that has been a popular item, and uh, a lot of a lot of bike shops have simply run out of bikes. So either stand in line early, like you're waiting on the new iPhone, or possibly uh, look to. Uh, kind of used bikes, particularly if you're looking at a higher-end bike, um, folks who are, you know, actually waiting on some specific upgrade to a bicycle, maybe selling their old one, and, uh, you know, so get in with a a bike shop that that does some trade in, in used bikes, and maybe they would help you there. Another good thing to buy in September is, um, Summer clothing. And with Mississippi temperatures still rather warm, I think the Jackson Metroplex has a heat advisory today on September 1st. There's still time to get use from summer clothing that you might be able to purchase at 80% off. Offers.com. 
One of the websites that uh, we've drawn our information from suggests that denim items are on discount this month. I guess denim is uh, does not know a season. Well, denim's hot, too, Liz. Let's be real. And the advantage Mississippi has with clothing is you have, still have to change your clothes three times a day around here. Um, but um, the other thing we're seeing is such a decline in clothing sales because of the p- pandemic, people cutting back, plus people are working at home and they don't need to dress like they were dressing when they were going into the office. So if you do have need of clothing, this is a good time to purchase, and I would encourage you to look for some of the local retailers and help them out. They could use that. Yeah, I believe Men's Warehouse and some of the soup stores are some of the casualties of the pandemic because yep. in addition to casual Friday, there's casual Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that one, they were already shaky, but uh, when people stopped buying buying new work clothes, dress clothes in March, that certainly put them over the edge. Now, How about Pajama Monday? <laughs> there you go. This is my, my problem. I have a deep split in my heart where I want to pay $1.75 for a sweater, but I want the selection and the, the, the beautiful display of all the fall sweaters that are out there. I love, I can remember when I was a teenager, Seventeen Magazine was my favorite uh, magazine, and my favorite issue was August. It was about two inches thick with all the brand-new fall clothes. And once again, that you have all the selection of every size, but uh, then you have the, the high prices. And um, so fall clothing, they've started rolling that all out. It's all at full price. But if you can wait until it, this, the temperature changes, the Black Friday sales, whenever those start in November, are a better time to buy the fall clothes. Whenever I think about Black Friday, I think about Kevin Farrell and his frustration Jeez. of the date. Well, uh, his frustration <laughs> of the date of Black Friday being uh, four weeks of November. Mm, of course. We have a phone call to go to. Let's go to John in South Haven. John, we'd love it if you would give us your comment or question on financial items or on what to buy in September. Oh, uh, well. Uh, I would like to buy a car in September. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if that's a good time for an automobile purchase, but uh, that wasn't my question. Well, that you know, that's one of the things that uh, we have listed, and you know, Ryder and Nancy, you can jump in on that with the cars. Um, usually, you know, this is a good time. Uh, new cars hit the showrooms in the fall, and the 2020 models are offered at a discount. But car buying has been such a casualty of the pandemic. Uh, Nancy, uh, remind Jerry before John before we get to his other question uh, about uh, supply and demand. Well, I I will qualify that a little bit because I'm also hearing about some areas where car sales are quite brisk, 
because people are moving out of cities where they were walking or biking or had mass transit and are now moving into the suburbs and rural areas and suddenly they're buying cars. So it just kind of depends on where you are. Okay. Thank you. Now my question. Please, John. Okay. If a person would uh, sell a large cap mutual fund at one company and then take the cash and buy a, say, a Standard & Poor's 500 index fund at a different company, is that like a wash sale where you would buy and sell a stock within 30 days, or do you have to pay taxes on your capital gains before you reinvest the money? Is that too complicated? Uh, no, no, that does not count as a wash sale. That is does not count as a like kind exchange. That is that is that is selling your mutual fund and then buying a different one. Okay. Um, there has been some discussion that. Uh, funds, particularly exchange-traded funds that track the same index, um, may be, cons- may be uh, considered uh, a, a like-kind exchange, um, but selling just a large-cap fund at, at one company and bringing it to a, an index fund at another company, that is, that is a sale. You have realized your gain, and then you could buy the S&P 500 the next day. That is a different fund. Okay. Now, the next question is this. I was reading the other day that there's uh, zero capital gains tax on income under $80,000. Is that correct? Yeah, I believe that sounds like that would be the married filing jointly income limit. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Okay. Yes, the, that's the, correct. So if your if your income outside of those capital gains uh, is less, then you do not have capital gains. Okay. So it's the income outside of those capital gains. I wanted to make sure that the capital gains weren't included in the eighty thousand dollars. So. So. Um, the in, in in the IRS documentation, they do have a capital gains worksheet because there are three brackets for cap. Uh, well, there's actually more brackets for capital gains now. Yeah. So I would suggest you um, look work through that the capital gains worksheet. I believe it is just in the. Uh, regular 1040 instructions. Okay. Um, and so that will that will give you kind of the specific uh, guidance for your situation. Okay, because this year I can uh, not take money out of the IRAs, so I can kind of control uh, my income this year for you know the only time probably that I can control yes. my income. So okay, good, thank you. Yeah, that's a that's a great strategy this year, and uh, it's it's certainly saving a lot of people a lot of money on their taxes. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks for your information. I'll go back to the radio. I appreciate you all very much, and thanks for taking my call. John, we appreciate you. Thank you. Liz? Yes. Liz, let me jump in and explain a few things. This was a really important phone call. Please. And so the reason is that capital gains are taxed at a lower rate than our income. And so that's why it's so important whether you can call something a capital gain or it goes into income. And if you violate the wash sale rule, which is I sold something to capture um, a loss in this case, um, and I turn around and buy it back 
within 30 days, then I lose the ability to declare that loss, which goes against first capital gains and then against income. And so we play this little game of, yes, you can move it to a different fund entirely, even though it's invested in a lot of the same things. But that's all that difference between capital gains and income and how it's taxed and then capturing those capital losses along the way. Well said. (laughs) We're going to continue talking about what to buy and not buy in September. After a quick break, what's available at the farmer's market this month? I'm going to tell you next. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. show, Money Talks. I'm Liz Gill, along with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Remember, every Tuesday at 10 a.m., you can listen live to In Legal Terms on MPB Think Radio. Today, we're going to be talking about the Americans with Disabilities Act, so we hope you'll tune in. If you go to any of Mississippi's produce markets, farmers markets this month, what you can look for are muscadines, green beans, okra, squash, and chestnuts. Those are some of the locally things grown that you might be able to find. September is one of the transition months on the calendar, fall being on the 22nd. We're talking about what to buy and what not to buy this month. But we also have a couple of phone calls, so we're going to go to Ann in Laurel. Ann, thank you so much for calling into Money Talks today. Do you have a personal finance question, or you want to comment yeah. about a thing to buy in well, September? No, I'm kind of it's kind of a personal comment on um, me and my husband. Now, my husband will be um, 64 this year, and he's on disability, and I'll be 62 and on disability. And he has two, they're not in my name, but they're signed over to me if something happens. But it's like an IRA, and then the, but the other one is like he could pull out money from 35 years. He's pulled a little bit of money out of that one. So with him being 65, does he need to pull that money out? So we won't, you know, because it's been taxed before. Am I making sense? Now, 
Well, uh, I'm not quite sure what he has, and it sounds like one of those accounts might be an annuity because if you said it's been yes. taxed before, yes, but it, is, it, it, it can be pulled out over a period of years, that sounds like an annuity. Yeah, I think that's and what it every, is. Okay. okay, every annuity is different because it's a contract, so you need yes. to go back and, and look at that contract and maybe call the company. To find out, first of all, do you have to pull money out? Yeah. Um, and if it's an annuity where you put in money that's already been taxed, then every dollar that you take out is a portion of it is the original money that you put in and you don't pay tax on because you already have. And a portion is going to be interest earned within the annuity. And you're going to have to talk to the company to find out what that would be. Okay. And so if you don't have to take it out and you can delay and of course that just depends on your overall income situation and what your needs are then i would say probably wait but call the company on that the other things you mentioned and you said they're like iras that's a little confusing to me because no, that you either have an ira or you don't yeah that that one is an ira i know that it is an ira okay so if you have an IRA, again, with that one, the difference is it's never been taxed, and so every dollar you take out is fully taxable income. And he is over the age of 59 and a half, so he can take it out without that 10% penalty. But if you don't have to, then don't. And you need to then delay until age 72 is when he'll have to start taking it out. And that will be the required minimum distributions, which have been waived for everyone this year. Well, who, who do I go to? What kind of person this is that can handle that? Um, just our regular well, account. You you need to pull the statements um, of, of the accounts that he has, and you can call the companies or you can call the representative listed on that statement and ask questions about what is this that I have? What will happen if I take money out? How can I take money out? But it all really comes back to, and what are your income needs right now? And as you weigh those, you also have to weigh that against the cost of taking money out that will create a tax. And we hope that that helped you go back and look to see who that's with and um, get some more guidance specifically from them. We've got one more phone call to go to. We're going to go to Bob in Memphis. Bob, thanks so much for calling into Money Talks. Go ahead. Good morning, y'all. I've got two quick questions. The one about spending and buying. Do y'all see the brick-and-mortar stores continuing to shrink and the Internet uh, companies continuing to grow? Old guys like me have never done brick and anything but brick-and-mortar, and now all of a sudden I'm buying everything off the Internet. Uh, do y'all mm -hmm. see them shrinking, continuing to yes. shrink? Yeah, that's simple enough. Uh, yes, yes. What's your More second question, Bob? We've running out of time. All right, the big question of the day is, in your professional opinion, wild guess, what do you think the market's going to do right before and right after the elections? And I'll hang up and leave y'all alone. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. 
Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. Wild no, guest, and you have uh, uh, 45 seconds. <laughs> I'm, I'm more concerned with what the markets are going to do when they really start to realize the, the economic pain that we are all feeling, because we're just now starting to experience this with the loss of federal subsidies. And if we see consumers pulling back, unemployment going up, which we get our new report on Friday, then that's where I'm focused on. The election comes and goes. We do have to consider tax issues, but that's going to be a ways down the road. I'm going to go with Nancy, but also mention that, you know, uncertainty in the election is going to have a bigger impact on the market. You know, for instance, if it looks like there's a clear winner and that person stays in that kind of clear winner lead position um, and then wins the election, then that's going to be a lot more of a gentle ride in the market than if we get news every day that contradicts the news the day before and we don't know who won until hopefully the next day. Um, but that will just lead to volatility in the market. All right. And we did get an email back from Nathan, who went to Regions Bank. He took a bucket of $50 worth of coins. They said he could either roll them himself, which he did, and he got the money right then, or they could send it off for a week, and then he would get it uh, the money back. So he just rolled it himself. We're going to have links to all of these things on our webpage. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio and is funded in part by generous financial support from our listeners. Thank you. To hear today's show or previous shows, visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org. Listen to our podcast, search for Money Talks. Thank you, Jay White. Thank you, Jason Klein. Thank you, Nancy. And thank you, Ryder. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, offering a range of mortgage, affordable housing, refinancing, and construction financing options designed to serve the needs of its customers. More info at Trustmark.com mortgage. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. 